It is early. <clears throat> I'm not used to starting at 5 o'clock. Amen. You continue to pray for my throat. I said it was better, but uh, don't sound too much better right now. But uh, pray the Lord will help and, uh, with the throat issue. Let me say a thank you to uh, Pastor Shiflett and you at Calvary Baptist Church. Um, my soul has been refreshed this week. My heart has been helped. And I was sitting there through the song service tonight and just rejoicing, my eyes swelling up with tears and just thinking about my Savior. And uh, what a blessing this, this church has been. I'm excited for you, for your new faith promise, and uh, praying the Lord continues to help you in growing in faith promise missions. And uh, Pastor, it's been a real honor to be here for Missions Conference this week. I really thank you for the meals, the nice place to stay, the meals upon meals upon meals, <laughs> and uh, the goodie basket. It's just been wonderful. We've had such a good time being here, and uh, so good to be with you folks. All right, let's turn in our Bibles, please. The book of Song of Solomon. The book of Song of Solomon. With the Lord's help tonight, and you pray for me, we do need the Lord's help. I want to preach on who the good news is all about. We've talked about missions, we've talked about the church and missions and how many different things about faith promise and other issues concerning a missions conference. As we preach about good news, we're preaching about a person. That's the lovely Lord Jesus Christ. My Savior, my God, my King. And I want to exalt Him tonight. And I hope you'll rally your minds around the Word of God tonight and let the Lord Jesus Christ reveal Himself to you maybe in a way that you have not yet seen him before. This message tonight is not about a preacher. It's about our Savior. I want you to see him. I want you to see the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to read one verse in Song of Solomon, chapter, did I say chapter 5? I meant chapter 6. Song of Solomon, chapter 6, and verse number 3. Song of Solomon, chapter 6, and verse number 3. The Bible says, I am my beloved's, and my beloved is mine. He feedeth among the lilies. Let me read that once again and let it soak into your heart. I am my beloved's, and my beloved is mine. He feedeth among the lilies. Let's pray before the message. Lord, we love you. Thank you for first loving us. Herein is love, not that we love God but that He loved us and gave His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. God, thank You for loving us. Thank You for caring for us. Thank You 
for dying for our sin through the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, thank you for salvation full and free. Thank you, Lord, for the blessing of this service already. Lord, I pray you'd take our hearts and help us to set our affection on things above, not on the things of this earth. And we'll thank you and praise you for what you do in our hearts this evening. We pray and ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Song of Solomon is a peculiar book in the Old Testament. It is a love story. And it tells a narrative of a relationship of a man's love for this one that he is longing for. Now, many people have interpreted this book, <coughs> excuse me. Boy, I wish y'all could have a sip of that, amen. Amen. Many have interpreted this book, the Song of Solomon, and have portrayed the book, and listen, it's a difficult book to understand because many of the conversations run together and you're not sure at some points who is talking and who, uh, it, who else is talking. It's a, it's a complicated book. And some have interpreted this book and looked at it as being Solomon uh, seeking after and finding the love of his life, the one that stood out. Of course, you know Solomon in the scriptures described as having 700 wives and 300 concubines. I want us to take a little different slant on the interpretation of this book tonight. If you don't agree with it, that's fine. I won't argue with you. And uh, amen. You can have grace with me to have a little different view of this book. I believe Solomon obviously is the penman that God used to pin down this book of the Bible as you find in the very first verse of the book, Song of Solomon chapter 1, verse 1, the Song of Songs, which is Solomon's. Solomon was used of God to pin down this book of the Old Testament. But rather than being this love story between he and this Shulamite, which is described in chapter number 6, I believe it is Solomon that wrote the book, but this is a love story, but it's concerning the Shulamite and another. I believe this is the love story concerning the Shulamite, and this is the one who got away from Solomon, that he could not win her heart. You say, preacher, how do you see that? Well, I believe there's another character in the book besides Solomon and this Shulamite as main characters. It is another lowly shepherd of the hills. He is described in chapter 1, verse number 7. Tell me, O thou whom my soul loveth, where thou feedest, where thou makest thy flock to rest at noon. For why should I be as one that turneth aside by the flocks of thy companions? This shepherd of the hills was the one that the Shulamite had attached her heart to. This is the one whom she loved. And yet with all his riches that Solomon had 
as being king, he could not with all the wealth and all the allurements and all the precious things that he could dangle before this Shulamite, he could not win her heart because her heart was fixed on a shepherd. Her heart was fixed on the shepherd of the hills. And that's who she longed for, that shepherd, amen. I'm glad I have a shepherd, amen, who my heart is fixed to. And no matter how much the king of this world, the prince of this world, tries to lure my heart and tries to steal my heart and tries to attach my heart to the things that he has to offer. Thank God my heart is on the shepherd, amen, the Lord Jesus Christ. I have a chief shepherd. I have a good shepherd. I have a great shepherd. I have the shepherd of my soul, amen, that is the lovely Lord Jesus Christ, the shepherd of the hills. There are descriptive terms in the book of Song of Solomon whereby this Shulamite describes this one in whom she truly loves. A strong love. A love that cannot be severed. A love that is deep and rooted. She describes her precious someone, this shepherd of the hills, often throughout the book, as my beloved. Tonight, with God's help, amen, God's already helping me, amen. With God's help, I want to preach on this subject of my beloved. My beloved, tonight with the Lord's help, I want to exalt the Lord Jesus Christ and I want you to see who my beloved is and who you that are saved, who your beloved is. And let's exalt him tonight, amen? Let's turn please, I believe it's chapter number two, Song of Solomon chapter number two. And uh, I want to show you a few things here in this book whereby this Shulamite describes that one whom her heart is fixed on, even though King Solomon in all his glory is trying to still her heart, her heart is on her beloved. Have you been born again? Have you passed from death unto life? Have you been that one who was blind, but thank God now you can see, amen? Amen. Jesus is more than just an object. Jesus is my Savior and my friend. He's my beloved. If I can do one thing tonight and accomplish this in the message, I want our hearts to be renewed in love for our Savior. I hope you in this message, your heart will be brought closer to Jesus Christ tonight. Listen, if you're not saved, I hope you'll get saved tonight and get in on this good relationship with Jesus. Amen. If you are saved, I pray you'll fall more in love with him tonight. Song of Solomon, chapter number two. 
Verse number 8. She speaks about her beloved. And she says, The voice of my beloved, behold, he cometh leaping upon the mountains, skipping upon the hills. My beloved is like a roe or a young heart. Behold, he standeth behind our wall. He looketh forth at the windows, showing himself through the lattice. My beloved spake and said unto me, Rise up, my love, my fair one, and come away. First of all tonight about my beloved, I want you to see first of all his voice. His voice. She describes the voice of her beloved in verse number 8. The voice of my beloved. His stance is behind the wall. He's hidden. There is a barrier between she and him. She can't see him like she'd like to see him right now. She, she's hidden from uh, the view of seeing him in full, uh, in full array, in full uh, glamour, and, and full vision of what he truly looks like. She is looking through a lattice as he shows himself to her through the lattice. So we see his stance. We see his showing to her how he is seen through, if we could say, according to the book of 1 Corinthians, through a glass darkly. Right now, dear friend, we can't see Him. But thank God, one day, one day, we're going to see Him as He is. Amen. We'll behold His glory. We'll see Him face to face. But right now, we're dependent upon hearing His sweet voice. John chapter number 10 describes, you got it right, the shepherd. John chapter number 10. Let's turn and look at it in John chapter number 10, verse number 11. John chapter 10, verse number 11. The Bible says here, John 10, verse 11, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. But he that is an hireling and not the shepherd who's owned the sheep or not seeth the wolf coming and leaveth the sheep and fleeth. And the wolf catcheth them and scattereth the sheep. The hireling fleeth because he is an hireling and careth not for the sheep. I am the good shepherd, Jesus said. Amen. I know my sheep and am known of mine. I'm glad I know the shepherd. I'm glad he knows me, thank God, amen. I'm glad he knows who I am. Listen, I know a lot of important people in this world, but they don't have a clue who I am. I know who the president is, amen. I know who the former president was. Amen, Brother Shiflet, he knows who you are, amen. But... uh, Listen, most important people, we know them, but they don't have a clue who we are. But I'm glad not only do I know who Jesus is, I'm glad he knows me, amen? That's my shepherd. Now, the Bible says in verse 25, John 10, verse 25, Jesus answered them, I told you and you believe not. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. 
But ye believe not, because ye are not of my sheep, as I said unto you. My sheep, hear, my what? What does the Bible say? My voice, and I know them, and they follow me, and I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. Amen. I'm glad through the Word of God and through the Spirit of God, we can hear the voice of Almighty God. Amen. I'm glad God speaks to my heart. Amen. Deals with me about things in my life. Amen. I'm glad God whispers those sweet nothings. Amen. In my ear. And I know the tender voice of Almighty God. Thank God. Thank God. I'm glad I know my shepherd. My beloved. I know his voice. Knows me. What a blessing. Amen. Amen. So we see his voice. Now let's turn back to Song of Solomon, chapter 2. Don't miss it now. Turn with me. Song of Solomon, chapter number 2. Not only does this Shulamite describe the shepherd of the hills and his lovely voice, or his voice. The next thing she describes is his visit. His visit. Now look at it with me in verse 8 again. The voice of my beloved. Behold, he cometh. Amen. I could stop right there and that'd be a message in itself. Amen. The shepherd of the hills. Behold, behold. He's coming again, amen. He's coming. The Lord's coming, amen. That's my shepherd. She's announcing his coming. One day, he's going to come leaping upon the mountains, skipping upon the hills, amen. Here comes my Savior, amen. He's coming. Amen. The Lord's coming back again. The Lord's coming. Skipping upon the hills. My beloved, verse 9, is like a roe or a young heart. That's talking about that little deer. Amen. Skipping in the forest. And Jesus is going to be skipping. You say, why is Jesus going to be skipping? Because he's happy. Amen. The Bible talks about that trump of God's going to sound. Amen. We're going to hear the Lord Jesus Christ shouting amen when he comes. Because he's coming for his bride. Now the Bible says, Behold, he stands behind our wall. He looked forth at the window, showing himself through the lattice. Verse 10, My beloved spake and said unto me, Rise up, my love, my fair one, and come away. I can almost imagine the Lord Jesus Christ saying that to the church, amen, when he steps out on the cloud. Arise, amen, my fair one. Come away, come away, amen. Come on home with me, amen. The time has come. The Bible says as we read verse 11 and following, for lo, the winter is past, the rain is over and gone. The flowers appear on the earth, The time of the singing of birds is come. Oh my. And the voice of the turtle is heard in our land. 
The fig tree putteth forth her green figs, and the vines with the tender grape give out a good smell. And here it is again. Arise, my love, my fair one, and come away. The visit of our beloved is swift. It is sweet, his words, as he says, rise up, my love. How sweet are thy words unto my taste. Yea, sweeter than honey to my mouth, the Bible says. Thank God for the sweetness of our Savior. His summons, his invitation come away. One of these days, amen, those clouds are going to roll back. Our Savior is going to appear. Are you excited about the Lord's return? Do you love your Savior? Are you looking forward to His coming? Our great shepherd of the hills, my beloved, my beloved. I want us to turn to chapter 5. Song of Solomon, chapter 5. This is where I want to spend the majority of, of the message. And I'll not be long tonight. The preacher said I could take as long as I wanted to. Amen. I got accused of preaching a long message last time I did that. Amen. Was that Thursday night? Amen. But uh, I'll try to give to you what's on my heart tonight. Song of Solomon, chapter number five. We see also in the narrative the daughters of Jerusalem. These people around where the Shulamite is, near the king and near the near the palace. We see the daughters of Jerusalem. And this woman, while she's longing to be with the shepherd of the hills, which is away, she is discussing what her beloved is like to the daughters of Jerusalem. She's speaking with them. As some of you young ladies would be talking about your fiancé or that one that you would marry, and you're telling all the other young ladies how precious he is. Okay? Amen. A lot of these young people just got married, getting ready to get married, you know. They're all goo-goo-ga-ga about each other and in love, you know, how it goes. And They're going to tell everybody about that one whom they love. Well, it's the same with this Shulamite as she's talking about her beloved. And the Bible tells us in verse number 8 of chapter 5, and I want you to see this. I charge you, O daughters of Jerusalem, if ye find my beloved, that ye tell him that I am sick of love. She said, if you see him, tell him I'm sick of love. And that is not the initial thing that it's saying what you think. She's not tired of it. She's not sick of it. She's disgusted with love and she's had enough of it. That's not what it's saying. It's where we get our term, love sick. She is deeply in love with this one whom she calls her beloved. She is in love. Amen. These husband and wives poking each other, yeah. She's in love. And she tells all those women around there, if you see him, let him know I'm 
Sick of love. I'm, I'm lovesick. I'm lovesick. Now, I like the question that is asked. I know where I'm heading. This blesses my heart. Look at the next verse. The Bible says this. The daughters of Jerusalem ask the question, What is thy beloved more than another beloved? O thou fairest among women. What is thy beloved more than another beloved that thou dost so charge us? What's so special about this one? Why are you so in love with him over all the others that you could have? Why is it this one that is so special? Why is it that you're so passionately and madly in love with this one? I'm glad they asked that question. Because in the next several verses, she gets to tell the daughters of Jerusalem why he is such a lovely, lovely individual. She describes her beloved. And the main part of the message tonight, I want to show you not only as we talked about the voice of my beloved and the visit of my beloved but I want you to see the value the value of my beloved what makes my beloved so much more special than any other amen what makes this one so much of an object to this Shulamite woman well, let's begin I want to give you three things tonight and I hope you'll get your heart wrapped around this message. Verse number 10 says this. My beloved is white and ruddy, the chiefest among 10,000. He said he's the chief. The chiefest among 10,000. You can line up 10,000 others. 10,000. Listen, there's a good-sized crowd here tonight, but we're way, 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 way short of 10,000. Man, you, can you imagine 10,000 people being on this property? She said, you line up 10,000 other men. He's at the top. He's the chiefest, amen. He's the one with all the feathers in his hat, amen. He's the chiefest. I say tonight about my beloved, he is preeminent, amen. He's number one. He's in first place. There's none better than the Lord Jesus Christ, my Savior. He's my beloved, and there is none better than him, amen. You can go anywhere in this world trying to find satisfaction. You can try to find a satisfaction for that void in your heart, but you'll never find anyone more satisfying than the Lord Jesus Christ, amen. He is my beloved, and he's the chiefest among 10,000. Thank God he is preeminent. He's at the top. Everything else falls way short. Amen. I'm glad I know Jesus. And I'm glad my beloved knows me. He's preeminent. 
my Savior, my beloved. Now, second of all, the Bible also gives other description of this Shulamite's description of the shepherd to the daughters of Jerusalem. Verse number 11, she begins a checklist from head to toe, amen, of how wonderful, how beautiful he is. His head is as the most fine gold. His locks are bushy and black as a raven. She goes down and talks about his eyes and his cheeks and his lips and his hands and his belly and his legs. Verse 15, his countenance is as Lebanon excellent as cedars. We could stop right there and preach a good while on the countenance of Jesus. His face. Verse 16, his mouth is most sweet. And then she sums it up like this in verse 16. Yea, he is all together lovely. Not only is he preeminent, I'm preaching about my beloved, the Lord Jesus Christ. Not only is he preeminent, he is also perfect. He who knew no sin became sin for us, amen. He is without spot and without blemish. He's perfect in every way. That's my Savior. That's my beloved, amen. The sinless, spotless Lamb of God. That's my Savior. He's perfect. You won't find a fault in Him. Friends may let you down. Church members may let you down. Amen. Even your pastor may do something you don't like or let you down. Amen. But Jesus, amen, he's perfect. That's my Savior. My beloved. My beloved. I say this. We need to spend more time with Jesus. That church in the book of Revelation, had left their first love. We need to make our way back to Jesus, amen, and renew that love for our Savior like it was when we first got saved, amen? That's my beloved, my beloved. And she's not finished yet. This Shulamite's going to say something else about her beloved. I want you to notice this in the last verse there in that chapter. The Bible says at the end of verse number 16, after saying he is altogether lovely, she says, this is my beloved and this is my friend. I'm glad Jesus is my friend. I'm glad he's my friend. Not only is he preeminent and he is perfect, right here he is personal. My friend. He's my friend. These young kids, man, they want to have all kinds of friends and be so-and-so's best friend. And that's important in a young person's life, having friendships and knowing somebody else is their friend. But I'm here to tell you tonight, young people to old alike, amen, you'll never find a friend like Jesus. I'm glad, amen. I can sing about the dearest friend I ever had, amen. That's my friend. 
Lord Jesus Christ. He's very personal. We're talking about reaching the world. All these billions of souls that need the Lord Jesus Christ. And yet he has time for somebody like me. I'm glad he's my friend. Are you glad Jesus is your friend tonight? Amen. Our beloved. You know, this book surrounds this Shulamite and uh, her seeking after her beloved. In chapter number 2, verse number 16, she stated this. And in chapter 2, verse 16, my beloved is mine, possessive. My beloved is mine and I am his. He feedeth among the lilies. But when you get to chapter number 6, look at verse number 3 where we read our text. Do you notice something different? She reversed this around in chapter 6, verse 3. And she found it more important. I am my beloved's. And my beloved. Instead of give me, give me, give me, he belongs to me, belongs to me. She reversed this thing around and she said, first of all, I'm glad I belong to him. It's most important that you belong to him. I'm glad we get to enjoy what we get out of that relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. But most of all, how much of a blessing are you to him? I am my beloved. I mentioned in one of the messages earlier this week, sometimes we're so self-centered, we think everything revolves around us. Even the great miracles that God did in the Bible wasn't to exalt those men. It was to show how great God was. And listen, what God's done in our lives, amen. Thank God I've met the shepherd. I know who the shepherd is. But the whole focus is not about me. The focus is on him. I am my beloved's. What can I be on this earth with the short years I have on this earth, whatever that may be? What can I do while I'm here on this earth to be the best blessing to my beloved that I can be while I have time to do that on this earth? I am my beloved. What a friend we have in Jesus. If I could encourage you to do one thing tonight, it's just to love on your Savior a little bit. Let Him know how much you love Him. Let Him know how much you appreciate Him. Hey, if we're going to reach the world, we need the power of God. We need the strength of God. 
Listen, it needs to be genuine. It needs to be real. If we're witnessing, if we're trying to tell others about Jesus, what better way to convince them that they need Jesus in showing them how much you love Jesus? My beloved. My beloved.